Hello and welcome to the Plants and Pets Advent Calendar. The Advent Calendar where we are... <laughs> don't even edit that. It's fine. We're on to day 17. We've forgotten how to talk. And today the story is not even about plants. We've given up on that idea entirely and gone to our second favorite topic, which is... Cats. Cats, cats, cats. And today we are talking about something that is at least Christmas related, if not cat related. I did manage to get a plant joke in when I wrote the first, the blog post originally. Mm-hmm. It's not a good plant joke and it's not a good joke generally, but here we go. This is about the Yule cat. Yarm, mm. have you heard of the Yule cat? No, of course I didn't uh, in the last two years. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we we did spend some time looking for different... We're trying to find out what other countries might associate with Christmas because as we found out on this long journey, my people have an Australian Christmas tree. Yoram's people have a smelly old gherkin they like to put on the Christmas tree. <laughs> we all have different <laughs> cultural backgrounds and that's what makes the world so beautiful. Um, and I was like, what, what, maybe some other people in different countries associate different plants with Christmas and we should also include them on our blog. And I had the best of intentions to find out about these different plants, but I may have seen a story about a cat and got distracted. (laughs) But it's a good story about a cat. Like, any story about a cat is a good story. I mean, it's, it's basically a story of a large cat that, for some reason, hates people who don't have brand new clothes. So it's a capitalist cat that runs around Iceland. We're in Iceland here. And if you haven't got a new cat, preferably, uh, no, if you haven't got new clothes, you could also have a new cat. If you haven't got new clothes, the cat will eat you. (laughs) And that seems to be most of the entire story of the Yuletide cat. (laughs) Now, it does have some background. So the idea is that, you know, in summer, the sheep grow quietly in the field. I don't really know how livestock work and how sheep raising work. <laughs> I think sheep grow in, they start in spring and then they get like bushy in summer and then you prune them and you have the wool in autumn. And then the cat is supposed to be there sort of as an encouragement to farmers to make sure that they finish processing the wool that they have um, shorn is to shear pruned what uh, harvested from the sheep they shaved. they grew they shaved their sheep they processed their wool anyway um so the cat is supposed to be there as sort of a reminder you know winter is coming you've got to do the chores i know it's autumn i know it's becoming dark at like 4 p.m i know you all just want to like go to sleep but if you do not finish processing the wool if you do not make those new clothing the cat will come and eat you yeah and Which your family I find quite like it's quite um fitting uh if you like if you have a lot of wool lying around, you will have a cat like playing with the wool. And to me, from there, coming up with like a little story about like, like you better hurry or the cat will get you because you see like how the cat is playing with the wool, um, is to me very like a, a very short jump. Um, so I like that story. And what I like is about the story is that this is not you know it's not a mountain lion, it's not a jaguar or a leopard or like. It's not a big cat. It's literally a house cat. It just happens that the house cat is owned by a giantess and therefore, like, it's a big-sized cat, but it's not a big cat. Yeah. It's a very important distinction. I think I find that a bit more adorable. Like, being eaten by a lion, generally quite terrifying. Being eaten by a giant pussycat, 
Yes. Sure, it's not a bad way to go. We've all got to go sometime. Oh, like Why if, not if, that way? If I see how my cats play with their living food whenever they catch a mouse or something or a bird, um, maybe it's not the best way to go if you think that they first play with you for half an hour and then they kill you and let you lie somewhere. Um, but still, I find it adorable. I saw a large cat today. Um I went to a park, and so because it's Christmas time, and I saw a cat. This is totally Christmas related. I just want to point that <laughs> this out. Is, this is not a story. No, it is. I went to like a park, and I saw a lynx, and um, it looked very fluffy and good. And I would like, I would, uh, would have liked to be eaten by it, but it was in a cage, so no chance there. Sorry, you went to a zoo, is what you went not to. Not really a zoo. It's like a an animal park. It's actually a dinosaur park. Um, this we is to. a really terrible story, Yoram. It is not. I, it's, I just wanted to mention, it is Christmas time. I saw a large <laughs> cat. Therefore, stories about large cats, totally Christmas stories. And, well, and that's, anecdote. How si- that's how science works. Exactly. That's anecdotal science at its... With its like best. N equals one. One observation that correlates, therefore, science. <laughs> I think that story was so bad that like those of you who are still listening, firstly, God help you. Secondly... When you go into the Christmas celebrations and you inevitably do have like that annoying aunt or uncle who tells you anecdotal stories about how getting the COVID vaccine happened to give them 5G, you can then use Yoram's terrible anecdotal story as an example of why anecdotal stories are not science. Does that does that somehow work? Yeah, I'm I'm up for it. Just like quote me on that. Refer no, them no, no, to no, this no. Don't, episode. Don't quote like tell the entire long story about how he saw a cat, and the cat, and therefore it was a Christmas story. And then when they're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> then you're like, "Exactly, Auntie. Exactly. This is <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about." So you know the joke about Iceland, right? Yeah. How do you get out of a forest in Iceland? You stand up. There we go. And this is due to the fact that Iceland quite famously basically doesn't have any trees you you've been to iceland right yeah yeah not many trees no not not many trees um like and if they have trees they're not very tall and they don't really have the kind of forests that we although i've been to one area that was quite foresty but overall um no forest there and it doesn't it wasn't always this like this right like it used to be not completely covered but it used to have some like forest vegetation on there yeah so there's like a lot of fossil remains that suggest that in the in the bygone eras at least you know it was like 40 percent forested so quite thick with trees and then the weather changed over the you know long-term history and the trees began to thin out the environment wasn't so suitable for them anymore and then to add insult to injury the vikings landed on iceland and they saw still lots of trees birch rowan willow aspen tons of different types but they they needed fuel i guess it was cold they wanted to make ships turns out wood floats so basically they denuded the entire country so they just had this Mm -hmm. quite strong effect on rapidly removing the trees so Mm -hmm. that seems to be the sort of reason so shift in environmental conditions and then human destruction sounds a little bit familiar but that's why (laughs) iceland has no trees luckily for us the lack of trees did not scare away the yule cat and even though the trees were gone the legend remains (laughs) Yeah, so this was um, day 17, if I count correctly, of our advent calendar. And tomorrow we will have a new story for you. Bye.